DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Mother Teresa. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who became a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, and seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. And what's on your heart today, Monsignor? Oh my, such a beautiful day, this second Sunday. It's the day when Jesus is transfigured. It's uh, one of the mysteries that's called the luminous mystery. Did you ever meet people who had a glow about them? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we paint saints with halos because they they radiate. And and a lot of people have picked this up, that, that the... The body actually has an aura of people who are holy. And haven't you seen it sometime? And, and people, I, I know I used to see it with Mother Teresa. There's like a glow, mm-hmm. just flows from them. There's, they radiate. Well, today Jesus allows that power that is within his soul to, to come out. And it's the story of Mount Tabor where Jesus today and it's told in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance, and his clothes became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were coming down the mountain to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them. And they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. 
This tale is told by, by the scripture, the, the gospel writers, and it's called the Transfiguration on Mount Tabor. And, and it's set up as a, as a time because Moses and Elijah are talking about Jesus going up another mountain, Calvary, and what is going to happen to him. And so this radiant, magnificent power that comes from him is going to be juxtaposed as the three were talking, Moses, Elijah, with Jesus, that you are going to go and make your exodus in Jerusalem, and there you will be crucified. So here on Tabor, we are seeing the glory of Christ. And on Mount Calvary, the, the salvation that comes to all of us. And faith is needed at both points. When you meet the risen Lord, it, he, is he this glorified Jesus that is on Mount Tabor? He is yet even greater. He has this glory from his Father from the beginning. And the recognition by the, the great Moses, who was the lawgiver, and Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, who came before him, and they're in glory. They come and they see Jesus now, as he is radiating with this power on Mount Tabor. But yet he's going to pass through suffering and death and resurrection. The Jesus that you and I know is the one about whom we are telling this story today. That Jesus is in you. Who? The Jesus of Mount Tabor? No. The Jesus of Calvary and the Jesus of Easter, resurrection. When you were baptized, you were not baptized into the power of Jesus on Mount Tabor. He yet had come to earth to redeem us. What he had to do in order to bring about our salvation was go through, and this is what his father asked him to do. And so he appears on Mount Tabor, and he says, Listen to him. This is my son. Who is it now that's given to us at this time of Lent? The Jesus of Mount Tabor is this radiant, powerful Son of God who has been sent to earth by the Father. And we are to listen to him. And as Lent unfolds, and as we come to Good Friday and Easter, this is the Jesus that we have to listen to. He is teaching us through these days what is he teaching us? He's teaching us who we are in him and through him and with him. Paul brings out so beautifully in his teaching, and he's teaching us from his letter to the Philippians. He's saying, don't forget who you are. Remember your glory and your beauty. Join with others in being imitation of me, my brothers and sisters, and observe how I am living. 
so that you can live in this world as God has wanted you to live, according to the model that you have received. For many, as I have already told you now and tell you again in tears, that your conduct is not that of the cross of Jesus Christ, but it's the enemy of the cross. Their end is destruction. Their God is their bellies, and their glory is in this world. And so the clarity with which this message is on today, now what are we going to have to do in order to follow Jesus? We're going to have to have faith. Uh, The lesson that is given to us in the opening of today's Mass is taken from one of the great heroes of faith, Abraham. in, in, In the book of Genesis, the Lord is giving us an example. He wants us to believe and follow God. The Lord God took Abram outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. Just so, he said, shall you also have your descendants as many as the stars in the sky. This guy's 90 years old. And Abram puts his faith in the Lord, who credited it as righteousness, as an act of faith. He then said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land and possession. O Lord God, he asked, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He answered him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old she-goat and a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And Abram brought him these and placed them each half opposite each other, and the birds he did not cut up. Birds of prey began to circle around, but Abram stayed with them. As the sun was about to go down, a trance fell upon Abram and a deep sleep, terrifying darkness, enveloped him. When the sun had set and it was dark, there appeared a smoking fire and flames like a torch which passed between the pieces. It was on that occasion that the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to your descendants, I will give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates. That is what was called the land of Israel. And God kept his promise. This man eventually had a son. His name was Isaac. That son had a son whose name was Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and from them came the 12 tribes of the Jews. Abram is the father of the Jews. And that land was promised to them. His seed became his offspring. This old man became the one who eventually possessed this land and the stars of heaven were as numerous as his offspring. Because 
he believed. The sign that is given to us today is God wants us to listen to his son Jesus. Paul is saying, some of you have fallen away and have failed to live the life of Jesus Christ in this world. Much to your sadness and sorrow. You can correct this. My, my niece, when she was faced with this need for an operation and didn't have insurance, and I was saying to her, Marianne, just believe, just trust. And she has had that operation. And it was so magnificent the way it occurred and the way it happened. But it, it could have been or could not have been. But the way it happened was she received it and she received the help. There are so many who, of you who are today listening to this with regard to your, your jobs. Do you believe that God said to you, I will take care of you? Do you believe that Jesus is in you and has power to believe and to go on through whatever that is that you're suffering? I mean, real faith in Christ. Do you believe that this child of yours that is ill, and there's so much that you're trying to do, but do you have faith that that power, that power that was on Tabor, was not really the power I'm talking about? It's the power of the resurrection. It's the power of Christ in you. It's the power of God who wants to answer all your prayers, who made heaven and earth. Our faith is so powerful when we truly believe. There's a story they tell about a man who was doing a tightrope walk, and it was over Niagara Falls. And most people thought he was just absolutely crazy. But when it was published that that's what he was going to do, like hundreds of thousands of people just showed up. and so. Without anything beneath him, he was walking from the United States side to Canada on a tightrope. And the splashing and the noise and the wind was coming up from the falls. And he began. On the Canadian side was a man, although there were people who were shouting, you're crazy, you're nuts, you're going to fall, you're going to kill yourself. On the Canadian side was a man with a giant bullhorn calling out to him, You can make it. I believe in you. I totally trust that you can do it. And so he made his way halfway across. And he kept shouting, I believe you can do it. Continue in your journey. And he continued three quarters of the way across. You only have a little way to go. I believe you can do it. And he finally got to the Canadian side. And as he got over on solid ground, this man was waiting for him, threw his arms around him and said, I knew you could do it. I truly believed in you. And the man who who had done this magnificent feat said to him, did you really believe? He said, I really believed. He said, now, I know that you're a believer. What I'm going to do now is walk back to the United States with a wheelbarrow, and I want you to sit in it. Do you really believe? 
that I can do it. Are you willing to sit in that wheelbarrow? Is that the faith you have when you say, I put myself in your hands, O Lord. I truly believe, Father, that you can do it. I truly believe, Jesus, that I am in your hands, that everything that the Father wants, I want to listen and I want to do it. I have faith so as steady and strong. In the responsorial psalm today of today's Mass, it's a very beautiful prayer. We say to the Lord, I believe that I shall see the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall see him and his boundless beauty. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. And we respond to the Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. In this liturgy that's set up for us for the second week of Lent, there are these days that are ahead of us. Abram made a covenant with God. They both, they both entered into this faith promise. That's what you entered with your baptismal vows. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That's what you're going to say on Easter. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. In our faith journey, during this Lent season, we have these days yet until Easter. What a magnificent little covenant promise to enter into. Whatever it is that you want to sacrifice, I will go to Mass once more than Sunday. I will go to Mass every day. I will fast twice a week. I will fast on Wednesdays and Fridays on bread and water. I will give alms and I will give charity to the poor. As much as I have, I want to share with those and make a promise to God. You know, there are so many people that can hardly promise what they're going to do tomorrow. Faith requires a commitment on your part. And as you enter into this faith relationship with God, God is aware of all your circumstances. How much is it not bargaining with God, but promising God for whatever it is that you're asking for? I would love to have an increase in my vision, in my eye, so that I can read. I, I want to proclaim God's word. I want to pray and trust. And I'm having this at this time, this series of operations of cornea transplant that is going to give me a possibility of an increased vision so that here I'll be able to read 
the prayers at Mass, I'll be able to read the scriptures more clearly and efficiently in preaching. I would really want that. Do I believe that God can give it to me? Each of us has whatever that is that you're asking God for. Can God give it to you? Are you suffering from the flu? Do you want to be healed and and cured? Do you believe that God can heal you? Jesus walked into Peter's mother-in-law, and she had this fever. He laid hands on her and healed her. Do you have a disease like cancer? Do you believe that God can heal you? I'm going to have a couple of masses that are going to be healing, and many people will come. The sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Do you believe that in prayer and through prayer, God can heal you or heal your son? Do you believe that there's someone in your family who's alcoholic and whose life is being drained away and destroyed? Do you believe in the power of prayer to bring that lost daughter of yours back to healing and blessing and happiness with her family? There's so many of us during this Lenten time that are offered this magnificent opportunity of hearing the power and experiencing the power of Jesus Christ. Not only to be transfigured on Mount Tabor, but to have and meet the risen Christ this Easter with all the power of the risen Lord. Where? Within you and within those whom you love, the kingdom of God is so near us. It's in us. You especially who are baptized and confirmed, there is within you a radiant power of God that's not only going to radiate for an hour or two, but for all eternity. And it begins now. There truly is an aura. That's why we paint saints with halos. You can begin to glow with that inner life during this time that is here in this Lent season with new life, new power, new grace. And then Paul was what can say about you. You know, what he said is, their God is their stomachs. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are occupied with earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we also await a savior the Lord Jesus Christ. He will change our lowly body to conform with his glorious body. And that can be happening now by the power that enabled him also to bring all things into subjection to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love, and long for my joy and my crown. In this way, stand firm in the Lord.
you are in the Lord. That is good news. And you can stand more firmly and more deeply during these next weeks of Lent to radiate and to to bring about that, that presence of God into this world, but especially through your faith. Monsignor, when you've spoken about people who have this aura you can see when they glow, you almost have a glimpse of it sometimes, I think, when you're standing in line to go to confession and the person that's coming out has that glow. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful example. Yeah, that is a, a sacrament of healing, isn't it? There's also a, a powerful moment in the Eucharistic celebration, and that is when the priest holds up the host, power of Jesus, and the blood. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. And then the community responds, O Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And to watch someone going up to receive the Lord, and then to watch the face of those who have him and received him, that that power of Jesus within your temple, within your body, that power of the Eucharist glowing and flowing through every pore of your being. Any final thoughts, Monsignor? There's a, there's a little song that I was singing this morning as I was preparing, and it just came into my heart. Change my heart, O Lord, make it like your own. Change my heart, O Lord, may I be like you. You are the potter, we are the clay. Mold me and fashion me, this is what I pray. Change my heart, O Lord, make it ever new. Change my heart, O Lord, may I be like you. May our hearts be changed. And that's really what repentance is. To repent is to change and become more deeply Christ in the world today. How wonderful. Thank you so much, Monsignor. Welcome. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef.